Oh, hello. Winter's here. Winter's here. I'm sitting here in Providence and it's, uh, it's cold. There's a lot of snow on the ground. I, there's dry air. I'm getting nosebleeds every day, which is awesome. Um, I'm still stuffy, still a little sick, not super sick, but a little bit. Um, I am very excited about today's show. And let me preface this by saying, um, Eric Hutchinson is one of my favorite artists, um, that I am lucky enough to call a a buddy of mine. And, uh, you know, with many artists on the road and, and friends and stuff like, you know, you really don't get to see each other very often. And Eric is always someone that, you know, he's had like big songs out and he's really kind of done everything in the business. So I was definitely, you know, since we hadn't seen each other or haven't really, hadn't really talked in like a couple of years other than the, the quick, like, Oh, Hey, how you doing? You know, hope everything's good. And, and the, um, Actually, I, I, I'm just remembering now that when I was with him, I forgot to congratulate him on finishing the New York City Marathon. Uh, so, Eric, if you're listening to this, congratulations, bud. That's incredible. That being said, I was, like, legitimately nervous to talk to Eric. It was, um, it was just one of those things where everything was so rushed this day. And I'm not making excuses, but everything was kind of rushed because we were in New York City and... You know, there was only certain times, you know, working out schedules and stuff. And, um, and it was basically me that was, that was the problem because I, I had a sound check and I was trying to squeeze this in because, you know, it's, it's always hard with, every, you know, everyone I think can relate to trying to get things done and, you know, you have to cut, you have to compromise times and, and stuff. And we had a sound check that was going on. It was just, a very tight um, schedule in there because of the sound check. And uh, I also had people out that were coming later that I was having dinner with. And then we had to play the show, of course. So Eric was gracious and kind enough to take time out of his day and come down to uh, Times Square, um, which is where every, every New Yorker wants to be. And, uh, you know, Eric has lived in New York for many, many years. He's from Baltimore, as you will hear in this interview. But I was nervous. I was definitely nervous to talk to him. And after doing a quick drum check, we kind of went in this back room and sat down to have uh, the conversation. And so there's a bunch of times where I'm just kind of like, you know, blabbering when I shouldn't have blabbered and just let Eric talk. Um he took he took the lead on a lot of these on a lot of these things and and just uh, and really made it made it a, a better podcast. So Eric, I thank you for that. But just to get into a couple things before we get into the episode, this week is Crohn's and Colitis Awareness Week. And if you don't know this about me, I have Crohn's disease. It's something I was uh, diagnosed with when uh, I think it was like two thousand yeah it was two thousand and six. So I've been through ups and downs, you know, I, I have it relatively good compared to a lot of people that I know that have Crohn's disease and, um, and that deal with that deal with the illness and it can really, it can be really bad. It can be really, really, really bad. Um, and being a musician and being on the road, being on stage, 
it's just really, really tough. <clears throat> and especially when I was diagnosed, I was just getting out of high school. I had always had issues like stomach issues and stuff like that. And I won't go too in depth um, about all the things that I dealt with. If you want to, if you struggle with something like that um, and you want to ask me about it or, or tell me a little more, get into a little bit more detail, I am an open book when it comes to emails or asking me personally. But um, I, I, I struggled with it for a while and it was tough and I went, I had to have surgeries. I had to, you know, go to GI doctors every month. And, you know, there's been situations where I, I was on stage and I had to like kind of rush off stage and in the middle of shows. And, uh, luckily that's only happened maybe once or twice, but the traveling is, was next to impossible at one point. And it's, it is impossible for some people uh, that have Crohn's or colitis, they can't travel. They can't do anything without, without having to plan ahead. Like, I don't know, weeks, uh, just to know where the bathrooms are and just to know if there's like a good GI doctor or know if they're going to, um, I don't know, just know if they're going to be in a place that they're comfortable. And that creates all kinds of anxiety. It's created anxiety for me. And it's not, um, it's not an easy thing to deal with because it's also not an easy thing to talk about. If you know like a kid or if you have a kid that's showing signs of like issues of like stomach issues, just making them comfortable to be able to talk about it can ultimately save them a lot of grief and a lot of treatment later on. I feel like when I was a kid, I couldn't even talk about it. You know, I was just embarrassed kids get embarrassed about stuff like that. And if we can create some kind of awareness and let people know that it's okay to talk about, you know, maybe we can prevent some of that anxiety, which kind of, which creates a feedback loop of pain and abdominal issues and all kinds of stuff like that. But if you have any questions or if you want to talk to me personally about Crohn's and, um, I invite you to spread the word about Crohn's and colitis uh, awareness and uh, in your social media and all that stuff. But shoot me an email after the gig pod at gmail.com. I love connecting with people about, about uh, the Crohn's and colitis foundation, uh, which carbon leaf uh, it's in the works. I won't announce anything specific yet, but um, looks like we're going to be doing a little bit of work with them coming up, which I always, um, jump at the chance to get involved with that kind of thing. But if you know anybody that suffers and deals with Crohn's and colitis, um, make a quick fart joke or, or a poop joke or something. And, uh, maybe, maybe ease, ease their pain, ease their tension and try and make them feel comfortable. I know, um, when I'm on the road with people that understand what I'm going through, it's much better than, being with people that are like, that don't care or just don't understand. Um, I've been in New York city and, and gotten really bad stomach pains and, and urgency and stuff like that. And, you know, when I was playing with Dan Mills or when I play with Dan in, in the city, you know, he's just, he's, he knows what, that I deal with it and he's always conscious. And if I, if I ever say like, I gotta, I gotta get out of here. It's like not a question. It's like, you got it. You got it. So if you're around people like that, that understand you, those are like true friends. And, and it's, uh, 
And it's important to, to have those people around you that you feel comfortable with, especially with something like Crohn's, um, or colitis, because you, you know, you don't know when it's going to flare up and affect you. And I'm, I'm lucky. I've, I've been on a great medication that's worked for me and, and, uh, had some, had some surgeries that fixed up a couple of things that I'm not dealing with anymore. So I, I'm okay. I'm relatively okay. Sometimes I'll go through some points where, where it's rough, but right now I'm pretty good. So I'm just trying to, you know, if I, if I notice somebody that's dealing with anything like that, or if anyone is, I just try to do my best to, to talk them down and try to try to help them understand that they, that it's pretty common. Um, but anyway, Crohn's and colitis foundation awareness week. So yeah, say hello to someone with, with some, uh, belly issues. And also, um, moving on here, the Patreon page, uh, we're going to be doing a special offer. So if anyone signs up, I changed up the tiers a little bit, changed up the names. I added in a $2 tier. Um, so, and then it's a special running kind of up. I think it's up till December. Uh, I want to say 18th or something. Anyone that signs up or anyone that is currently a patron, um, will get an after the gig sticker. Um, so you just pop in your your shipping address and I'll mail you a sticker and uh, a little note. And uh, yeah, a little, a little thank you for the Patreon, which is patreon.com slash after the gig. Also, I'm kind of going through my website and updating that jessehumphrey.com. Uh, you can always check out all of the tour dates from jessehumphrey.com. Um, we have World Cafe Live coming up on Friday. On Saturday, we're in Tupelo, New Hampshire at, um, at, uh, no, we're in Derry, New Hampshire at, at Tupelo, Tupelo Music Hall. I think it's Tupelo, yeah, Tupelo. Now I'm going to check my website. Website's not working. I don't know what's happening. Okay, that works upcoming dates. I don't know if it's my internet or if it's my actual, I don't know what's going on here. Come on, just show me the upcoming dates. That's all I need. That's all I want. There you go. Yeah. Tupelo Music Hall in Derry. I'm sorry for not remember. I mean, it's crazy, but, uh, December 13th, which is a Friday. We're at Rams head on stage and that's a, that's a eight thirty show Saturday. We're doing a matinee. Um, and a night show, I think. I think that's what this is saying. Yeah, we're doing two shows that day. And then Sunday, we're doing a matinee. Then the 19th, 20th, 21st are the last shows of the year. Right before Christmas, we're at the Birchmere for two nights. Dan Mills will be... I'm just going to say it now. It hasn't been announced yet. But Dan Mills is going to be opening um, the Friday night at the Birchmere and he will be opening Saturday night at the national as well. So you've heard it here first folks. Um, and then January, we got the tour with, um, red wanting blue and the alternate routes kind of leading up to the rock boat. I can't remember what we named the tour, but, uh, that's happening. And then the rock boat at the, uh, third week of January, last week of January. So that's what's happening. And, um, anyway, moving on to the episode with Eric Hutchinson. 
Dude, Eric is the man. I'm just going to say that. Got a lot in common. He's in baseball. He's into music. He's into not um, not looking like a schlub on on stage, which sometimes I do. But dude, dude looks looks sharp all the time. Um, our wives both have an unhealthy obsession with Roger Federer, which is um, uh, which which was the spirit behind the song or the motivation behind the song um, "Watching You Watch Him." which is an E Hutch song about um, his wife watching Roger Federer play tennis. Uh, and that's, you know, that's what he says. I, I think, I think that's true. I hope that's true. Um, Cause it's a pretty hilarious thing to write a song about and I can relate. Um, he's going to be releasing a new album that he can, couldn't name in this, uh, in this podcast. He talks a little bit about it. Um, should be out around April. And there's a, uh, I'll let him, I'll let him, uh, tell you about that in the episode. He has a board game out, which I believe you can get on Amazon or his Patreon or his website, um, which is called song versations. We also talk a bit about that in the episode. We talk a lot about baseball in like the first 10 minutes. So if you want to, if you're like, I don't want to hear Eric Hutchinson talk about baseball and going to baseball parks. And I especially don't want to hear Jesse ramble on and on about it. Then you can just skip right ahead of that part. But I think it's interesting. So, um, he's going on a uh, tour in January called the snowbird tour. Um, one of my favorite things about this episode is how he talks about his motivation behind, um, behind touring and behind enjoying touring. I was lucky enough to be in Eric's band for about five days. I didn't get fired. I was, I was hired for five shows out in, it was like the summer and we did, we did summer fest in Milwaukee. We did, um, did a few shows out, out in the Midwest. I can't remember all the places. I don't like Detroit, a little out, a little bit outside Detroit or I can't remember, but, um, I got to be a believer for five days, which was really, really, really fun. Um, the believers are, is Eric's band and it features Ian Allison on the bass, Brian Taylor on the drums and Elliot Blaufus on the guitar and keys. And he's, he's actually Eric's musical director. Um, Elliot, I've talked about on the show, um, a few times. We talked a little bit about him today and man, that band, they're, they're so good. They're so good. You can follow Ian on Instagram and he, he's been doing a lot of great like Instagram stories, answering questions about being a musician, answering questions about being a musician that is also a dad that tours and he, he's so into the bass and, and different things. He kind of breaks, breaks the walls and breaks the rules of, uh, of what you hear about bass players everywhere. And he just goes in and he's so positive, has such great energy. Elliot has his own, has his own music out. And, um, he's incredibly talented, beautiful voice, wonderful guitar player and keys player and just great band leader. Um, Brian, I, you know, I honestly don't know a whole lot about Brian. I've only hung out with Brian a couple of times. Um, but such a great drummer on, uh, Eric's latest album, um, modern happiness. The guys went in there and it was Eric Hutchison and the believers. It was their album. Um, uh, or they all recorded on the album. <clears throat> which isn't always the case. It's really cool when, when an artist takes his actual live band 
into the studio and they and they record it all in there together and have that collaborative effort and and that's a that's a good feeling that's a really good feeling and you don't if you look on liner notes or or you know read up on it that doesn't always happen you got the studio guys and you got the live guys um so it, it's it's really cool to hear them and their take on Eric's music and and uh yeah all all good stuff um again it's just i uh I hope I, I hope it's not annoying for you guys when I when I talk a lot. Um, I feel like I talked a little extra in this one just because I, I had a little bit of nervous energy. And um, but like I said, Eric was just was so great, and you can tell that he does this a lot and uh, is and is very good at it. So, without further ado, please enjoy this episode with the great Eric Hutchinson. seen you actually since i think since you started playing with carbon leaf yeah probably probably which was when when did you start uh, with them a little over two years ago okay yeah yeah so well, you look great I, thanks man i've been trying we're both wearing uh you know yeah i wear my orioles gray sweaters my orioles i was gonna for you. i was gonna ask you um do you know who brian dolly is he's uh, he's one sure. half of the group native run um they're a country act out of uh, Nashville. They did some opening for Steven and stuff like that. Cool. But he was a big Orioles fan. But when, I guess this is kind of different because when the Nationals came into the league, yeah, he switched. Yeah. Like a lot of people. I know a lot of people that switched. Area. Pretty much everyone I grew up with switched. But that doesn't sound like something that you would do. Well, I got no problem, man. You can switch to whatever you want to do. <laughs> but yeah, so I grew up outside DC and we didn't have the Nationals and we were just all Orioles fans. It was the Cal Ripken era, you know, like, so it was just like, I don't know. The Orioles were just cool, you know, yeah. and um, I just always loved them. And then the Nationals came to town and, you know, I don't live in D.C. anymore, but <clears throat> the rest of my family does. And so, you know, my family all switched over to the Nationals and my friends all switched to the Nationals, which I get because, like, D.C. was their town, not Baltimore. But right. I tried it for, like, one season. I was like, okay, I'm just going to gonna switch over i can like both teams whatever it's fine yeah. it just didn't click for me you know well, you see it a lot with red sox fans like in 2004 when a lot of people were moving to boston to go to college right they became red sox fans yeah i've always had know. an affinity for the boston teams anyway just because uh, we had relatives that lived up there so i had celtic shirts and red sox stuff when i was kind of young but i like mm. the red sox as much as i can't i do like them you know okay I like them. I have the crazy thing for me is I'm starting to like the Yankees. You know, I live in New what? York, and I just find myself being drawn to them, like to like the dark side. Early. You know, you know. <laughs> oh you just, man! See, but, why, why not the Mets though? See, the Mets I can get down with. 
why would someone choose to root for the Mets? <laughs> you know, like, and I, I, I mean, and I don't think anybody out there, if you're a Mets fan, I don't think you would disagree. Like, Mets fandom is something that you are born into. It's part of your family history. It's your yeah. legacy. Yeah. You can't just switch off your team because of your family. But when moving but, to the yeah. city, I sort of thought, yeah, I'll be a Mets fan too. But I just found nothing to connect to with you that You just go over there and you're like, ugh. I actually like the stadium <laughs> a little more than Yankee Stadium. But I just, yeah. Even, just, even new Yan- Yankee Stadium? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I liked old Yankee Stadium better. Yeah, I actually but, uh, never had the opportunity to go. Yeah. I never It wasn't there. great. But the coolest thing was it had all the history to it. Well, that's the one thing. But Fenway's like, better. Yeah. Fenway's, I mean, I'm trying to get to all 30 stadiums. I've got like four left. You have four left? Yeah. I four have like, or five. And uh, Fenway's top two, I think. Top two or three. What, what's what's in the top three besides Fenway? Camden Yards, Orioles, which is not just me being a homer, but it is a well-known nice stadium. And uh, I like Wrigley as well. I like a day game. This is the baseball podcast. Yeah. Here we go. Have you been able to get to any games this year? Any um, new any new stadiums this year? I was trying to get Toronto's one of the ones I haven't been to. I was trying to get up there, I didn't get there. I got Toronto, uh, Arizona, Atlanta, and Tampa. Mm. And I've heard Tampa's a rough one, so I would like not to end on that. Well, Tampa is just basically whatever whatever team isn't Tampa is the home team down there. Yeah. It's that's kind of what's happening yeah it looks rough especially, and especially and everything. There. It, just, it looks un, uninspiring yeah but. it looks like they just built it and it's like an old old hotel yeah but i gotta say going to all the stadiums i have a different thing of like what i would write, like to have my home stadium be you know most of the stadiums now are great and they would be great if you just in you live in town and you want to go see a game they're like yeah. a good experience but i enjoy some of the weirder ones or like the outdated ones they, they stick out to me more in my yeah. memory like uh the oakland a's coliseum like thing was weird i remember being like sitting way above like the, the field and like because you look up and you see the was it just oh it says oakland yeah in, in center field i don't remember How anymore i just remember it being a very different baseball experience which is probably which was fun as an outsider i remember playing video games like baseball video games as a kid and you never wanted to play in oakland because there was so much foul territory oh. every time you hit a foul ball they'd catch it you were always going to get out and out oh interesting so that is i never thought about that till my wife pointed it out one time we were at a baseball game she's like wait so every field's just different I'd never thought yeah. about it before. It's like if you went to certain football stadiums, they're like, this one's 90 yards. I like the idea of ground rules. It's like, it's like you know, going to a party and it's like, all right, what's the, the host's right. rules? I'm okay with it. It's just kind of, it's unprecedented in any other sport. Yeah, where some, a stadium has a hill in center yeah. field. What is yeah, it? I think that's Houston. Houston. Which, it's like, wh- yeah. what? Well, there's a just, hill and yeah. there's a flagpole on the hill in play whose idea was that it's like, yeah it's like it's pretty much as long as your team can figure it out you know <laughs> fuck the other team let them figure yeah. it out <laughs> same and i mean the green monster same thing you know, and the best thing is is outfielders they can just give up you can just yeah. raise your hand you just raise your hand i can't do it i can't deal with i this. can't see the ball sorry I can't, guys i can't deal with this anymore <laughs> S- stop everything <laughs> i'm not exactly sure that's what it means but yeah did you play baseball when you were a kid uh i did i was not very athletically inclined but, but was that where the affinity for baseball started i guess so i don't know i just love it and i've heard some one of my friends said like you know as you get older you sort of when you're younger maybe like everything but then like as you get older you only got time for so much you got to prioritize you attached to certain things yeah i used to be a huge college basketball fan and that's kind of fallen off and uh 
football I don't really pay a ton of attention to anymore. But baseball, I don't know. There's just something about the everydayness of it that I really enjoy, and that it's yeah. it's also the best sport in the playoffs. Like it becomes a new game, and it's a, a in a way the other thing. It's the time of year. It's you know it's you know summer's it's, it's coming, spring. spring. Yeah, the smells are in the air. Mm-hmm. Start eating sunflower seeds again. Yeah, I, you know, I don't eat. You them put them away for the winter. You put them away. You have like six bags of sunflower seeds. Just yeah. like they're gonna stay in this corner, and then you bring them all back the out. Chew comes out. Yeah, I never got into that. Major League <laughs> Chew, maybe. Yeah, I actually the, the have some of that. I bought some of that recently. I was it was really? the, it was at like the impulse area of the checkout, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna have a little fun today. <laughs> I've done, I've definitely done that before. It's pretty it's like, good. Major League Chew. Usually, if a place has it, I'll get it. Yeah, every um, place should carry it. Jay Humps would be buying it everywhere. That's true. They probably sell a lot more <laughs> if if a lot more. Stores you know, like had a it. fine restaurant or something. They're like, would you like a dessert? Maybe a big league chew. Yep. That'd be pretty fun, actually. Like if you go to a fancy place that has wine and lockers. Mm, yeah. But there's a locker room next to it with Big League Chew. Yeah. The big nerds. The big things of bubble gum that they keep in the dugout. <laughs> there's bubble tape there. Gate like big things of Gatorade. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like a wet room, so there's just a drain in the floor. You just go in there. And yeah. You just it act sounds like, like a, a weird Red Sox experience <laughs> they could be selling. You know. It, it is. At it, the game. It could be. It definitely could be. Anyway, I don't know what we're talking about, but to pivot pretty hard here. Let's pivot. When I first met you, you uh, were on the road with Rachel Platten. Hmm. And I remember kind of towards when when you went on tour with Stephen and I in the um, in the UK. Yeah. You were kind of starting along the lines of like not wanting to be on the road anymore. Yeah, is this now off the road with Jay Humps? It's, you know, it's just whatever. (laughs) We're going off road. Yeah, I went through a period, I have talked about it a good amount, I think, that I kind of just thought I was done with music, not even just the road, but I was just really burnt out and really tired of it and really, what I realized now is I was just, I wasn't making music that I was excited about. I was trying to make music that I thought other people would like or that I thought could maybe be popular or something. So it was just kind of falling into... A little bit of, of a trap. I guess, you know, and, and the touring is tough. It's something I hadn't, you know, it, it took me a long time to admit that like touring can be, touring does afford many amazing opportunities and in many ways I've gotten to, you know, I've seen all over the world and and I know a lot about this country and stuff and there's a lot of things that are great, got to eat lots of great food, but it's also really taxing on me personally and um, I just get beat down a lot i was getting i used to get sick like all the time until i started to learn how to really take care of myself on the road and you know then as you get older you're away from your family and uh it can just be challenging so i've just really in the last few years made an effort to i'm really trying to play i'm trying to have ideas for shows that excite me you know like for instance in january i'm going down to florida and i'm doing the snowbird tour where i'm just going to play like seven or eight shows down in florida and just like get some vitamin d and yeah hopefully some uh some of my listeners will come meet me there, but I also don't get down to Florida that much. So, you know, it's going to kind of go down there and have some fun and play some sunny songs. And, and like, that's something I can get excited about. It's not just, okay, I'm going to go play the same dank venue that I knew of beforehand yeah. or whatever. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I love the idea of doing, uh, you know, playing, uh, was it the un- uncharted territory? Like yeah. Playing yeah. the, all the spots that you hadn't played before. It's like, right. It's like, 
this is this is a great reason to go to Hawaii and play. Yeah, a gig it just gives me out. some motivation. That's the to me, you know, it's just not to be all like over the top, but you know, to approach it with some artistry or something, I have to have the what's my what's my motivation yeah, when I, I walk mean, on when I, I get on stage that. or like why do I want people to come do this with me? You know, like yeah. what is it about this show? And and so like to me, that's important. Other than just okay, I'm just playing some songs and and you know I've got my great band, the believers, and they've become a huge part of what I enjoy about touring is that, you know, I really get along with them. I love making music with them and I love getting to sort of share, spread goodwill and kind of share it with them. So like, I think going back to what you originally said, I just, it took me a while to sort of reprioritize what was important to me because music is, I'm a songwriter mainly is what I think of myself. And I always say like songwriting is creation and touring is recreation it's like yeah. you're, you're redoing the things you've already done but this is my this is my big mind i've actually i don't think i've ever heard anyone describe it like that but recreation is the same way of it's the same spelling as recreation so let's just go have some fun we're getting heady with this yeah uh that's all i got that's it, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> well i mean i think it's important to have have a beginning middle and end to things and when you when you're on the road for such a long time like i i find myself thinking about that all the time it's like all right how long can <laughs> i fucking handle this because it's just i'm the same like i i'll get you know i have crohn's disease so i get sick and there's that constant like anxiety from that and right and then just anxiety in general and um and we don't have to put this in but I don't know how open you are to sharing your exact, but I think you've like posted a bunch about it before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm an open book, man. Okay, cool. Yeah. That was becoming a serious issue for me um, because of that kind of feedback loop with the Crohn's and, and the anxiety. And right. I didn't know if I really wanted to, you know, I knew I was really happy being on the road and playing music, but then I was like, I'm not creating anything. And that side of my brain was like, not, happy at mm -hmm. all so I, I i don't know i guess i guess i understand that a bit that you need to like have some kind of goal and then do it and then be like all right what's the next thing yeah what's the next project and yeah. just to be clear because there could be people listening that are just like fuck you guys all i want to do is be on tour and that was definitely me for a long of time course. um but i just i think it's more like as i've just done it for a long time and it's more just how do i take care of myself out there because you know that was not happening and i was getting just worn out and losing my voice and getting sick and and um just not being able to enjoy it so i'm just doing everything i can now to like and i think all that stuff translates to a better show to me it's like of course if you're does. in a crummy venue and you drove 10 hours to get there and it's freezing cold and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Everybody feels that on the stage and everyone feels that coming to the show. And yeah. so to me, it's just like, how can we put on the best show that everyone's going to be excited about? Yeah. And if you can like reinvent, not like reinvent a way to do the show, but like have something excited, attach, uh, exciting attached to it. Mm. Like I'll kind of equate it to, you know, say if, you know, if you get if you really want some fancy car or something and then you, right. and then you get that fancy car and you drive it and then you drive for a couple of years or a year and you're like, man, what am I going to get next? What's the next thing? Are you driving a fancy car right now? I'm not driving a fancy car. I'm, I'm dri I do have a new car. What do you have? I got a truck. I oh, got, interesting. A, I got a new, uh, I got a Tacoma. 
Wow. Which I'm like very happy with. Throw the drums in the back. Throw the drums in the back. Does it have a hood or something? A top? It, you know what, Eric? It doesn't. Okay. Living dangerously. <laughs> it does have a top that is that is uh, waterproof. Got it. But, you know, if I'm putting something in that's kind of taller than the bed of the truck, right. then I have to either put it in the back seat. So it's a little, it's a couple extra steps than having a normal, like, SUV. So it's like a brand new Tacoma? Yeah. Yeah. Man, that thing's probably awesome. It is awesome. Probably feel like a badass driving around in that. I kind of do feel like more of a badass than I am driving around in that. Do you know other people that have trucks? How, what was the decision to get a truck? Um, I mean, it's not like a, such a all, northeastern thing. In all honesty, I was kind of talked into it. By the salesman? So the salesman was a really good friend of mine. Hmm. and Was. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, I was leasing the, my previous car. And when I got when I got rid of it, I was like, "All right, what am I gonna do? I, I got to get something new." And and um, I just was looking around. I wasn't really happy with some of the things. And some and when you start off leasing, I don't, uh, like if you don't know anything about leasing or whatever, you're kind of like stuck in that dealership. Once you start leasing, you're kind of stuck there because mm. you have to pay all these fees to get kind of get out of it at the end. If if you know, so it's worth your while to stick around. Right. So. I was like, what about, what about that one? And I took it for a test drive. I was like, okay, this, this is pretty cool. And then I couldn't pull the trigger without telling, telling my wife. And, um, and I took a picture of, of the Tacoma and she immediately texts back N O no. (laughs) And I was like, just wait, wait a second. Hear me out. Come down. We'll do the test drive together. It will be fine. And (laughs) it was just, it, it, you know, she got in the car and she was like, yeah, this is, this is okay. And I was like, I knew I was like, I had, I was like, all right, you can be convinced. Hmm. So convinced her, got the truck and it's, so it's, she drives the truck around as well. No, she actually, she's getting her license in hmm. like next, next month. Cause my wife is from Ireland. I remember that. Doesn't yeah. drive around here, but we just recently moved to Providence. Yeah. So um, P town, P town. Do they call it that? No, P town is P town is <laughs> P town is on the end of uh, of um, Province the Cape, right? Yeah. Province town. So, what is Providence's nickname? Just you uh, gotta have something. Providence, <laughs> Providence. I don't. I don't think it has anything. I remember when it's we a did pretty some, sleepy town. We did some shows together, and and I introduced you, and I said from Providence, Rhode Island, and yeah. you were like, "Hey, man, thanks for saying Providence and not Boston." But can you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but maybe next time we just go with Boston. <laughs> no, I, I thought you liked it. Maybe I was. Maybe no, I, I did like. It. I did. I do like it because I'm I'm from Cranston. And oh, yeah. nobody knows Cranston, except know for Cranston. a select few people that have gone to, like, you know, maybe had a date at Legion Bowl or, you know. I forget if we talked about that. I spent a lot baseball. of time in uh, Rehoboth, Massachusetts. Where's Rehoboth? It's on, it's, it's on the Maryland, I mean, the Massachusetts side near... Off of, like, 195? Near probably, Tiverton, yeah. kind of yeah. going towards um, Bristol and, and, and Newport. And, um... It's just really close to Providence. That's what I mainly okay. remember. Because we would go to the Providence Place Mall. Okay. I had I had a girlfriend there, and we I spent a lot of time there with her family and uh, driving around there. You know. Yeah, you're like, man, how do I? But I had I, I, no, I remember thinking Providence was really uh, cool. You know, downtown it had a, had a uh, yeah. We don't had really a good, you know go Italian. Yeah, Federal Hill with yeah. all the Italian stuff. That's where we we went to get fresh 
uh, fish and octopus, I think, for like New Year's Day or something. That's do you like octopus? I do. I like almost anything. Like in a calamari kind of way or? Uh, well, I believe that's squid if we're getting technical Is it? here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Calamari is squid, I think. I like octopus. But I remember like, yeah, my, my girlfriend's family, they were, uh, they were Italian. So they would do the whole thing of like, like draining it all day. And like, you know, then it was already dead. We weren't, we weren't beating it apart. But uh, I'm Italian. I just watch my mom cook. And I'm like, man, I'm exhausted. And then I go to sleep. Does she work from recipes or she's all from her brain or what? I'm pretty sure it's all from her brain. Yeah, that's what everybody says. Pretty great cook. Yeah. Um, We actually had dinner there last night. And and I pick up Genevieve from the train station when when I'm home after, you know, when she gets home from work. And I'm like, Mom, you want (laughs) to make some dinner? And she's always happy to do it because, you know, there's not really, it's just her and my dad now there. And, um, everyone's kind of close, but, um, last night we had dinner there and it's just like, everything is just, it's like a feast. Yeah. It's so much. Sounds great. There's I'm getting so hungry. Mu- there's so much food. <laughs> it's just crazy. Um, but it was great. And I, and you always take something home. Like I took home a big batch of like Italian wedding soup Oh wow. that she makes. Um, I think she made that one from scratch or I don't know, sometimes she buys it, but it's not important. Yeah. Um, for the purposes of this, she made it. For the purposes of this. Um, what was I going to ask you? I was going somewhere and then I, and then I started getting hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, cooking is one of the biggest things I miss when I'm on the road. I, I really like cooking. Do you, you guys cook a lot? Uh, we do. Yeah. And uh, I just really like it. I find it very calming and um, you can eat it at the end. You know, it's it's uh, I hope so. yeah you know it's like doing artwork except you get to eat it i started doing it really i mean i've always just loved food and stuff i, I imagine started, you get really into like the presentation i try to okay i you know that's that's half the battle or whatever yeah you put like you know some you know stuff i'll do some garnish on the and plate. stuff and do you take uh, a spoon and like do the, the uh cool... no i'm not really into that kind of stuff like the the modern i'm more of a home style chef okay I, cook i'm not a chef come so on so just like a but yeah. I can make food and, and I appreciate it. And to me, I started really getting into it because I was writing music and just, you know, some days the songs didn't come together and don't come together. And I would just be really frustrated by that. And I started cooking and like when I couldn't, when I couldn't come up with something to write, I just started cooking and that felt that was satisfying because I used to like really drive myself crazy where I would be writing a song and I wouldn't be able to finish it and my whole day would just be ruined. And really, I mean, I've since gone on uh, depression medicine and stuff like that, but <laughs> yeah, I would just like ruin my days if I couldn't finish a song or it came out differently than I wanted to. Like or within I just... one day. What do you mean? Like from, you know, I know how, <laughs> I know that writing a song can be, can be done many different ways, but yeah. like, do you try to get it all done and like I would one, try to get like a, I would try to get it together, yeah, in a, into a demo form. I, I mean, I spent a, I don't write the same way as I used to. I I used to just I don't know. It's sort of the ten thousand hours kind of thing. I think I spent. I used to just get up and write all the time, even when I didn't want to, and I like would hate it. And yeah, and now I think a lot more of it is conceptualizing it, and I know how to do it. And when I sit down. I sit down because I have the idea and I know what I want to put together more. We, you kind of bring up a, a, an interesting point because I have, there was um, there was a dude that I grew up with who now plays in the man 30 Seconds to Mars. And okay. that's kind of the way that he always thought about music. And I never, I never really put that together early on that you could 
treat music as if it was a job and get up at 6 a.m. or 6 or 7, whatever. Yep. Get up, sit down with a guitar on the piano and, and start and, and just, all right, this is what I'm doing for the next however yeah. many hours until until I have something to show for at the end of the day. And I don't think, I don't know, I feel like it's pretty common to not think of music that way. Yeah. I don't know. I find I don't really think like a lot of like a lot of musicians. So, but this, yeah, I mean, there's no wrong, there's no right or wrong way to do it. And I'm saying that that way I was doing it was kind of driving me insane. Partially because I just felt like I didn't always have something to write about. But you'll hear like authors talk about that a lot. Though you get up and you write 30 minutes a day or an hour a day, no matter yeah. what, you just write or something. Write but I find pages. that is like just turning on the blender when there's nothing in it kind mm. of, you know, it's like, it just kind of aggravates everything sometimes. So I got to fill up the blender with life experiences or like something that I want to talk about, or at least enough ideas that okay. I need to sit down and be fleshed out now. Oh man, that's interesting. Now, when you say you don't think you think like many other musicians, what do you mean by that? Uh, I don't know. I just never really, I think I always have pushed back against sort of the stereotypical musician or whatever. And, and was always kind of, edgy about that kind of stuff of like oh you know you don't have a real job and you're gonna you're gonna sleep on your girlfriend's couch and you know you don't wash your clothes like not or, not liking that thing like those are all things that i didn't ever do really like, i did sleep on my girlfriend's couch for a while but because i because this is interesting you're saying that because i agree with that too like i'm not i don't subscribe to the idea of the struggling musician like mm -hmm. I am going to, you know, you talk a lot about um, pre presenting yourself well and having, um, you know, respect for yourself mm -hmm. and going out and making an effort every day to like look good and and um, and make an effort. And I completely like agree with that. You know, I'm not going to go and look like shit and be dirty and smelly right. and just because I'm a musician. Like I don't. I don't have to do that. Yeah. I don't, don't want to do that. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's not it's not my... Th I always say, like, Elliot, who we mentioned, our, our friend Elliot Bloffis, who's the musical director in my band, and, and I've known him... We've been touring together for about 10 years, and he's just, like... I'm always envious of him in some ways because he's, like, this sort of prototypical rock star kind of to me of, like, he wants nothing else but to rock and play music and that it's like so all true. he wants to do. And the second we get done with our gig, he's off into the night looking for more music to be played or listened to. Yep. And for a long time, it made me feel bad because I felt like, oh, I'm not as dedicated in the way that he is. You know, I'm, I have too many other things that are distracting me or something, but yeah. it's just different. You know, it's just different. I love, love music. And I sometimes forget how much I love it because I'll talk to someone who doesn't really care that much about music and i'm like yeah they're like whoa you know a ton about music and i'm like oh i guess i do sort of yeah i forgot i've been like studying it and making it my life for all these yeah, years it's like i know i know this but i sort of back to that thing <clears> of <throat> i just didn't have anyone in my when i was a kid there was nobody whose life looked anything like mine currently that i didn't have any role model like that and it took me a lot of years to be like oh this is okay what, what my life looks like is okay and I am working hard. I still like will have that thing in the back of my head that's like, you're not working hard or like you're not doing enough or like this isn't what a real job is. And yeah. um, it's taken me a long time to sort of just be okay with my life and be proud of it and, and be happy about it. I went to see a movie with a friend one day in the middle of the day. He was a stand-up comic and I was like, oh, I always feel guilty like taking off in the middle of the day and to go do something. And he's like, that's why I got into this. Yeah. And I've really changed my thinking. Like I've tried harder to feel like 
in the moments when I'm not working, I don't have to feel guilty about it. I should be excited that I get this time off or whatever. Yeah. Man, it, yeah, it is crazy. It but can't, again, all that stuff I don't feel like is a traditional way of a musician might approach. At least a rock musician might approach things. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, I've I've always kind of felt I've always kind of thought that way and with Elliot, it's funny you bring Elliot up mm. because he was the one person that kind of like cuz he's kind of like, he's like a social butterfly. Anywhere yeah. anywhere he went, you know, and I I was only on the road with him for a very short period of time, but any you know, a uh, uh, grocery store or gas station he went into, yeah. He he comes out with a story right. of something that just happened. And it's like hilarious and amazing. And mm-hmm. then, you know, we go play in Indianapolis and I remember I remember him going to some um uh music store and just so happened to have a bunch of old men sitting around playing guitars and <laughs> and he was like he stayed there for hours. And yeah. I'm just like, man, and I just don't have that kind of like social social butterfly um Yeah, there's some people that thing. things things happen to and some people that things don't happen to. And yeah. I'm more of a don't happen to. Yeah. But yeah, Elliot also if you don't know Elliot, he's he's got these beautiful long he's a white guy, long, beautiful dreads and uh, yeah. I think he just attracts attention you know like sure he's does. Just, just sort of a person that just people are drawn to it's just the way that he talks and everything it's it's amazing i gotta get him on here if i can if oh he's, yeah if he's answering his phone <laughs> um, he's got a flip phone oh man he <clears throat> lost yeah. he lost his phone the second day of that tour and didn't have it for three weeks and he was fine yeah he totally he, he appreciates that stuff i um i respect him for it but i can't fully get behind it there's like a, I don't know, it's like a mixed thing. Like he also never turns his voicemail on. This is turning into a, all the stuff I'm saying with, with a lot of love because he's really, he's like a brother to me and, and I've been all over the world with him. He's just a very different person, you know? Yeah. No, it's, he's, he's a remarkable guy and he's just, he's super talented. Um, so speaking of pro- projects and like trying different things about songversations, yeah. the, the, the board game, what's that yeah. all? I haven't played it yet. Um, it kind of came out of, I was just, I made this game called Songversations and seriously just through like a bunch of random events, I ended up getting connected with a, like a agent who put me, took me to a publisher and they like, it actually got printed up and it's sort of, you know, it's, it's around Songversations, but it was, it really came out of just, I was getting a bunch of friends together and we were listening to music and I'd have different categories and we would just listen to music and do nothing else and just talk about music, have a couple of drinks and hang out. It came from just really miss. I feel like these days listening to music is a pretty isolated thing. You know, it's either if someone shares music with me, it's usually like via a link or something. It's not like I'm going to sit right here in front of you and I'm going to play this song and I'm going to like have you listen to it. And I'm on the line here now because you're listening to it. And yeah, uh, you get that same feeling when you show someone like a YouTube video and you're like, does this person think I yeah right? Like it oh as man, much this is I way longer it. than I remember. It's like I, I'm pretty sure I smiled yeah. earlier than this. Yeah, there's something yeah. that reminded me of being young with that thing, and, and just something really great of just let's let's listen to this music. So we had sort of like a social club that we'd get together. I still do it and and uh, listen to music. And then a friend of mine was like, "You should turn this into a game," and and it sort of just came together. How so. do you win the game? That's the thing. It's not. It's more of a 
social exercise. There's no winner, which some people are uncomfortable with. I don't know if I can play a game. It's anymore. more like you get together and I would pull a question, you know, and it says like, what's a song that reminds you of a, of a school dance? Okay. And then you would play that song from your phone or whatever. And my heart will go on. That's what you remind reminds you. That's of. the first thing that came into my head. And why? Either that or, or I'll be. Just because oh. it's a slow song and it's like, you know, dancing with a girl at the at the at the prom or do you remember a certain girl Mm -hmm. (laughs) okay (laughs) can we name names here what's going on what year are Uh, we talking i don't know if i want to name any names my Um, heart will go on that was that was like the. it wasn't no it was more i'll be okay yeah my heart will go on reminds me of fifth grade because we all had to sing it in the choir we were Mm. required to sing in the choir and no matter how much i love singing and i love singing I was uncomfortable singing in fifth grade choir. You're just looking around. It's like, because everyone has to be there. Yeah, it's like the army. It, it's the army. <laughs> You're like a it, Russian men's choir. It's pro- It probably feels the same way as being in the army feels. You know I'm nothing just, about I'm the just going to go out on a limb, <laughs> and I'm going to say that with full confidence. Um, no, but, I, you know, remember slow dancing and stuff in, in, in middle school and high school, but I'll be was definitely, definitely yeah, a song. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's sort of the the game is sort of that thing of that there's all these connections we make through our life through music and that when you hear the music it really brings a lot back. And then it's also just listening to a song and really like putting a magnifying glass up to it and being like, Wow, like this song sounds really dated or this song still is awesome yeah. or like this song's way cooler than I remember or Yeah. Or I didn't know about this song and now I know it, you know. But, so it's sort of just a way to get people like I have some friends that they played it. They have like a family and they play it like around the dinner table and just kind of do a round or two of it. And they sent me a, a little text message of them doing it. So you feel like there's better people to play with than others. Like, do you have a group that are like, I think we should play songversations. Tonight. I mean, I try another group is was sort like, of like definitely deep not dive, deep dive songversations. Okay. I, I try to invite musicians or people that really love music and, and try and bring different things to it. But no, I mean, there's, there's, everyone's got a story that's what's fun about it to me is everyone's got something and everyone's got and the thing is some of the stuff's about songs you remember from your youth some of the songs are like things you currently like or what's the perfect song for a certain occasion or what's the song you hate that you're going to hear in hell or something and all of them just bring out a lot from people you know when you yeah if we were here and we actually could put on i'll be by edwin mccain you would have a I'd intense, have a little moment. Yeah, you'd have a moment. <laughs> intense, a little intense moment of me trying to be cool. Um, but that was a big thing I remember at the school dance was always like, we all know the slow song's coming. You got to have your person. You got to be ready. Yeah. You got to be near them. You got to jump in there. It's like playing what's that game uh, when you run around. When you run around the, yeah, it's uh, like, uh, what is that game oh, called? Oh, man. It's with the chair. Take away the chair. I hate that game. It that makes game me very sucks. anxious. It's such an anxious sounding anxious it's, uh, What is that game called? Everybody help us out here. Uh, Ring Around the Rosie? Nope. That's not it. Um, it's just musical, musical chairs. Musical We should chairs. know because musical Yeah, because we're musicians. Because we're musicians. We should be better at it. We should be, but we're not. It just seems like a cruel game. If I was going to do is. it, I'd do it the opposite way, where you start off and there's just more chairs, and everyone can sit down by the end, and everybody wins. Everybody And everyone wins. gets a trophy. Everyone gets a seat. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's probably one of the things that they took away in schools. I, I hope, don't know. I maybe. hope it is one of the I feel things. like I saw someone playing it at a birthday party not that long ago, but maybe maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, that one always just stressed me out. It felt mean. 
pushing people out of the way to get my seat. I get enough of that here in New York City. In New York City, the big city. Um, I did you ever do you ever play the my favorite album on uh, on Songversations, which is Donny Hathaway Live? Um, that ever come up? Yeah. I love Don Hathaway Live. Yeah, it's a great one. It's got the jealous, that says Jealous Guy on it's it. Jealous Guy. That song, so it's the cover of John Lennon, but when I first heard Jealous Guy, I mean, I must have listened to it a hundred times in a row. Like, I just could not stop listening to it. Yeah. That happened, it was that recorded happened to here. me with that. It was recorded here at the... Bitter uh, End. Yeah, the Bitter End. Yeah. Um, that happened to me with that record. I, I could not stop listening to that record. And for me, when I listen to this stuff, it just... It, it's constant. I have to like listen to one thing over and over right. and over again. I'm the worst person to drive with because <laughs> I'll listen to the same thing for like a month. Um, That's fun though. And I feel like I used to do that more before streaming. But. I just try to get more out of it. I just try to list, pinpoint yeah. little things and try to hear all the, the cool stuff. Um, but then what else, what else was in it? Um, the, the first time I heard, uh, are we sound checking soon? Oh, thank you. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. Um, so the first time I heard D'Angelo, Spanish joint, and Chicken Grease, hmm. I was like, "What <laughs> is this?" And I and and that one hasn't hasn't the stopped. newest album or the most most recent one, uh, Black Messiah. Black Messiah, I love. It's great. I love, it's and great. I feel, and that was the one that like. There were certain things I loved instantly from it, and then there were certain things that took me a while. But like, I feel like it's just such a musician album, and and so musical, and and it's the way a really he records sounding album. Yeah, but the way he records is just like unlike anything yeah. I've ever heard. Like the way he will do his vocals and his and his like harmonies and stuff. I mean, it's it's you know obviously there's some Prince stuff in there, but like he just does it differently where it sounds like a monster singing or something. Yeah, it's there's Prince in there, but it's it's also just so him. Yeah, it's, I'm going to listen to it on the way home. Yeah, that's a good idea. I'm I'm going to have to listen to that but one. Sugar I haven't Daddy, listened to that one. It's it's really great. Sugar actually, Daddy, I with didn't... With the... Um, yeah, Hambone or yeah, whatever. Yeah, Hambone. Don't, 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 don't. It's a yeah, great... So it's good. a really great album. It takes... Some of it takes a while to get into. My but. I think my favorite song on the album is When You Call My Name. Oh, beautiful. Um, What's the name of this? Really song? love. Really love. Is that what it's called? It's yeah. got the beautiful. That's the thing, though. It's got like all this orchestration. Starts off with and, like, like the, f the French voices. Yeah, in it's the really, um, <clears throat> it's really cinematic. Yeah, I feel like love that know. song. It's, I, it's mean, a I mean, so I mean, when he comes in and it's like he's just singing in that falsetto, it's amazing. Yeah, really love. Is that what it's called? I think so. I really, really love it. You. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm super bummed. We have to we have to wrap it up soon. But um, that's the life. It is the of life. A musician. Yeah, it is a bummer, especially New York when it's all just everything is just kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but before we go, I I don't know. If, I I did some shows with Carbon Leaf like right in like my earliest days. They were they were talking about it. Oh um, really? I wasn't sure if they would like, remember oh, that me. Oh, Eric Hutchinson guy. Oh really? Yeah, I heard he. Uh, I heard he wrote a couple couple good songs since. since Interesting. Those days. I wasn't sure if they would remember, but yeah, no, I did, they do. They remember. Yeah. I did some shows opening for them, and like this would have been like, I don't know, two thousand three, probably two thousand four. Okay. And uh, definitely played Charlottesville with them, and uh, maybe the Birchmere, a couple other places. So. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So besides Florida. Yeah. What do you have coming up? What kind of projects? <clears throat> uh, I've got a new album coming out called. I don't know if I can reveal the title. 
but are you my, doing this one kind of co with the believers again? This one I, I did uh, with some different guys. It's it's done. It's coming out in, in early 2020. It's it's my homage to 90s alternative music, oh, and and my high school fun. days. And so like I wrote a, a whole bunch of songs, sort of in the style of like the Weezer Blue album and and Green Day Dookie and stuff like that. Those oh were, man, that's badass. And and the sort of the songs are written like a from my high school perspective so it was a cool project to do and i went and i got this guy justin charbonneau to play guitar who has spent the last 10 years touring with this band soul asylum yeah, yeah and yeah. uh i hired this guy paul colt paul coldery who recorded and mixed like the first couple Radiohead albums and like uh hole and and uh you like Buffalo got, Tom. got into the spirit <laughs> exactly i wore a flannel shirt in the studio <laughs> i love that so when, i'm excited when can we for expect, that yeah I think, expect this. I think it's coming out april i think we're going to be releasing songs february and march and stuff so i'm excited for that we're going to be i'll be out there playing some shows and singing awesome. some of the songs and stuff so well i hope i get to see it see it live yeah are you probably come up to boston right yeah where's where should i be playing in providence either there's what's it called that place still around uh either the lupos, lupos which is the strand um now, yep. it's, now it's called the strand it, it goes back and forth i oh. feel like every five years they change the name or okay lupos. um or the met depending on you know i don't know what what the draw is there yeah. um but uh yeah either the met or lupos hmm Fet, I guess. Oh in, yeah, in, Fet. in Onlyville is uh, is good. Oh, you know what? The Columbus Theater is really really cool. Columbus it's on the Theater west side. in Providence. It's in Providence. It's on Broad Broadway. Okay. And it's cool. Yeah. I played. Um, I play with an artist named Dan Mills. Yeah. Um, who and we played like kind of the sm they have a small room and mm -hmm. they also have like the big theater. It's like an old, cool um, old theater and it's really vibey and cool. Nice. So I would recommend any of those. Well, I will try to get there. Yeah. Eric, thanks, man. I appreciate you Thank coming you, down man. here. Thank you, man. finally got this to happen. And, yeah. um, it's kind of a bummer being being in New York, living in New York and having to come to this area. Um, this is a really cool venue you're playing, Sony Hall. Yeah. I, I, uh, I really like it, so I like coming here. Cool. Thanks, man. Thank Good you. Good to see you. And that's it. I was kind of bummed out at the end right there because uh, the second I hit the stop button on my recorder, he said, all right, let's record one. I missed it. Do you hear what I mean about the talking a lot, me talking a lot? I hope it was okay. I really, really do. Um, make sure whenever Eric comes to your town, you go see him. Go see Eric Hutchinson. He is fantastic. He has fantastic music. Check out all his albums. Um... I just picked a couple of my favorite songs uh, by him for you guys to listen to. Um, one was in the intro, and then uh, one after, you know, during and after this spiel here. But uh, please check him out. Go get his uh, game songversations. Check out his Patreon. Uh, check out the band. Whatever, everything, everything. Elliot's albums are great. Man, I can't, I can't talk him up enough. So. Uh, I will see you all next week. Hopefully, uh, if, if you're in Philly or at Tupelo Music Hall in New Hampshire, please come say hello. Be out there after the show uh, meeting and greeting. And um, yeah, and then all the shows for the rest of the year. Look forward to seeing you soon. And I will see you next week. Bye. I love you from the bottom of my heart. Change, but things look grim when I'm.
You guys know uh, Snoop Dogg? Yeah. yeah, not personally, I mean, but you know who he is. Snoop Dogg's got this great song called Drop It Like It's Hot. You know that one? Well, he recently sold that song to Hot Pockets. This is true, you can look it up. They're gonna be making commercials soon that are Drop It Like It's Hot Pockets. Which uh, doesn't really even make sense because you figured you want to hold on to a Hot Pocket. But I'm not gonna tell Snoop Lion what to do. But I heard that Snoop got, got so commercial and I got a little jealous. I was like, why can't I get commercial here? I've got songs that work in commercials. So last week I had a meeting with Red Lobster and they pitched this idea to me. And uh, I don't know, I'm gonna run it by you guys. We'll see what you think. When I'm watching you eat shrimp When I'm watching you eat shrimp